Hi, everyone. I'm Maya Fleming, and you're listening to Gentler, a podcast about postgrad life, adulthood, and self-care. Hey, everyone. It's Maya, and welcome to Gentler. Today, I have a really exciting guest on where the Gentler chat. I am talking with Brooke Michio, who is a YouTuber and content creator that I've been watching for ages now, and I was super excited to talk to her about postgrad life, corporate work, um, going your own way, and taking accountability in stride. So if you're interested in any of those topics, keep on listening. If you enjoy this episode, then go check out Brooke's platforms if you haven't already. Um, give this episode a rate and review, and I will talk with you all again later. Bye. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Brooke. I'm so excited for this episode. I can't wait to chat with you a little bit. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. So just in case some of my listeners you know, don't know who you are, I can't imagine, but just in case, would you mind like giving a little like spiel about who you are and your background a little bit? Sure. Um, so I'm 23 years old. I am originally from Long Island, New York. I currently live in New York City. Um, I am a graduate of the University of Georgia. In 2019, I graduated as well. Um, and I've really been all over the place. I've worked internships, jobs, whatever, but I guess all throughout everything full-time now, what I am is a, I, I call, I hate the word influencer, so I say content creator, uh, but I do YouTube. I have my own podcast uh, called Gals on the Go and uh, social media just in general. So dabbling in all the, I mean, we love TikTok. Got to get yes, on there. Absolutely. <laughs> um, a little bit of everything, but I'm so lucky that now I get to do it full time. Yeah, that is super awesome. Um, and I want to dive in with a million questions with all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we do, can you tell me like what self-care is looking like for you right now? Yeah. And if it's nothing, that's totally fine too. Oh, no, no. It, I definitely have something. <laughs> um, well, I live alone. So for me, self-care is just, I, I honestly love being, I'm an extrovert, but I love spending time alone, I guess. So does that make me an introvert? Maybe, but um, I think we me, go in phases for sure. Okay. Okay. So for me, it's recharging by being alone. Um, whatever that means. Is that, you know, watching Netflix or YouTube in bed? Is that cooking a meal? Uh, whatever it is, I just, I kind of like thrive off of being alone and listening to content I love listening to other people's podcasts just in the background but like being by myself like in solace sometimes like it feels it feels so good um and I guess like during the pandemic of course sometimes I get lonely in senses of doing that but I just like make a point to call a friend or whatever it is but for me that is like the indulgence of it even when I lived in a house of like a bajillion girls in college I would always like close my door and be like I gotta be alone like I can't like I just like I really feel like I'm the most productive the productive is not even the right word I feel the best I guess about myself mm-hmm. and about my work and about my purpose and all that stuff when I get to be alone yeah was there a time when that kind of started for you were you always like that um yeah as a kid I was I'm the oldest um by like many it's just me and my brother and we have like a five-year age gap so I've just always been like super independent mm-hmm. um I always like kind of I I, I use the term like marched beat the beat of my own drum like did my own thing um and I guess I don't want to say like oh I was a leader in that sense but like yeah I got involved in like leadership and stuff I feel like I was always just that person um I'm pretty loud I have no problem like you know talking to a room um I I don't know I guess that just makes me like independent like I just do my own thing yeah I feel that I was the oldest like I was the only girl in my family for like six years so Uh. I totally get like having at some point you just spend time by yourself because I got tired of playing with Hot Wheels and had no one else to do things with. So I I feel that a thousand percent. Something that I always want to ask you though, Uh um, and we can kind of go into like your college things. What made you go from like Long Island to Georgia? 
great question. Everybody asks this because they're like, <laughs> where is the, I don't understand. And Why? Like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, I just need to know. Um, So I, growing up, I just always dreamed of going to a big college, whether it was movies or like TV shows that kind of like romanticized it. I just always saw that vision for myself. And for some reason, I, I wasn't fond of New York at the time, especially, and I had no desire of going to a New York state school. I was like, mm. I don't want to go to one. I mean, we have great state schools and city schools here, but it just like, they didn't really pique my interest. So I worked really hard in high school and studied hard and like achieved, I guess, with the prospect of like, if I work hard now, like I will be able to go to whatever call like, a college that I want to go to basically or where I'll be quote happier or I thought I'd be happier um which I was but anyways so I applied to colleges like I said that traditional college experience I feel like it was for me I envisioned it in the south I know that it exists other places like out west or I don't even know whatever but I feel um, what you're saying though about that like you kind of get that idea from like southern schools yeah totally um and uh, honestly the weather played a part too I was used to like mm. cold I mean here I am in New York again so it's funny I'm like I hate the cold like I'm in New York, <laughs> but I make no sense but um I applied to schools in Florida first and then I worked my way up and Georgia had a great business it still has <laughs> a great business school and I just like saw myself fitting in and I definitely did it was a great four years I just don't think at this point in my life I'm meant to live in Georgia mm-hmm. yeah I, I feel that for sure I think in the back of my mind like I always want to get back to Texas but I'm like I don't think it's my time just yet like I'm gonna I'm gonna be here for a little bit and round my way back in that area um, that, so. that's fun though I love like that point of life that we're kind of at right now where it's mm-hmm. like I, like it, it's so nice like the thought even even if you aren't so free like of course you know you have friends and like family and attachments and stuff like that but just knowing like oh it's so like I'm in my 20s like I could do whatever I want yeah. it's so fun like it's like a meandering way through life like I, I love that for sure mm-hmm. um so at that point like I guess I guess when did you start like sharing your life online a little bit and what compelled you to do so I started in high school well I I started in middle school with another mm-hmm. YouTube channel, uh, but that doesn't really count. I mean, that was like I did like <laughs> music videos and skits. I just like found YouTube at an early age, but I quit that channel because I put a lot of my friends on that channel, um, and they kind of were like, eh, I don't really want to do this anymore. We were going into high school. We were growing okay. up. Like, I get it. Like, I was like, yeah, totally. Um, so for a while, I stopped, and then I think it was like January of my freshman year maybe I don't know when I made the channel or started posting but it was around my freshman or sophomore year of high school that I began posting on my channel now um and I haven't looked back since amazing so I guess like what were some of your favorite things about sharing online like what what made you keep doing it I I am speaking as someone who had a YouTube channel in eighth grade okay. where I posted cover videos and I was so ashamed of the thought of someone finding my channel. Oh my I deleted gosh, all of it and I kicked myself every day. Um, but the idea, like, I just didn't have anything great enough to kind of counteract that potential embarrassment. So what was it for you that made you just like week after week or however often you posted videos, keep mm-hmm. going back to it? I loved watching other people's videos and I just felt like I know how I felt after I watched them. I felt so like inspired and just like positive, I guess. And I feel like I've always kind of been that person that even um, though I dealt with like bullying and I dealt with, I mean, it wasn't like crazy severe, but I downplayed all the time. It was bullying, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. I dealt with, you know, people who didn't necessarily agree and struggles just that normal high schoolers face. And I kind of 
kept going with it and i feel like i always kept going in with positive with positivity and like a good mindset and stuff like that so even just the prospect that i could connect with somebody else that was in a similar position or help them and i loved the element of like the community um yeah. so even if I, I remember like the days when i would get like one or two comments and i would literally cry because i was like this is amazing like the fact that anyone even saw this like i just feel so so good about it whatever um and i guess i mean it's grown obviously immensely since um and i'm so so thankful i i mean they don't go unnoticed like i feel like i still get dms and i think about the fact that someone wherever they are in the world sat down to individually write me a message no you know no matter the length or whatever like it's crazy to me it yeah really is. i i'm like obviously on such a much lower tier than you oh, but stop I, oh my like, gosh with, like just just in terms of like actual facts and figures like the the volume is much much lower but I feel like I still am shocked whenever I get a message or when I get a review on the podcast and I'm like, oh my God, like I feel like I get on the microphone and ramble every week. I can't believe that this is helping somebody and it is like, it makes it that much better um, to do it. Like it, it feels mm-hmm. way, like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a little bit unexplainable, I think. Yeah. It is. I don't know. Keep going. No, I was just going to say it's so crazy, like this world that we live in that it's so interconnected, like. I mean, I know it started, I guess, when we were in, like, middle school, high school, stuff like that. But the the cra- it's just so crazy to me that, like, literally just years before that, this didn't exist. So we're, like, at such a pivotal time. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because my next question was going to be, like, at what point did you kind of realize it could be a career? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, you just recently made it your full-time job. But when when did it kind of – when did your mind start being like, huh, I guess if I wanted to, I could do this? Yeah, um, I definitely it definitely crossed my mind in high school. I've always been like a dreamer type, like write down goals, whatever. But I I never really like vis- like verbalized it. I think it was just like a thought in the back of my mind because I saw other girls doing it at that point. When I was a senior in high school, it's like 2015. Um, so I saw I saw girls around my age who were foregoing college and like making it their full time thing. And I was not nearly at that point. I had less than a hundred thousand subscribers. Even though I don't think that the numbers dictates like when you could go full time with it. Honestly, it's like it's a separate piece in my opinion um but i i I definitely saw other people doing it and then even through college i saw people who were graduating college and doing it full-time so i feel like just in who i watched and everything i saw that it was possible um which really affirmed that in my mind but i did go ahead and get a traditional job after college for like a lot of reasons i felt like i kind of had to i felt like it's what made sense i wanted to like prove people wrong i don't even know it probably wasn't the best mindset but i also probably couldn't financially it probably wasn't wise to go out and do my own thing just yet so I worked for a few months um at like a traditional corporate company and I really uh, honestly after just a few months of work I realized like wow this YouTube thing is really like it's really (laughs) finally it was also just like a combined um from multiple streams of income I have a podcast the podcast started doing well um my following was growing so of course that leads to like larger numbers on Mm -hmm. you know if if a brand wanted to pay me they were paying me more uh, to work with me and stuff like that so I think I think like for me realistically it, it, it was just a quick decision but it was something that I've always dreamed of yeah I love that because I think and I talk about this a little bit on the show too just there's so many things that we we wish we could do and we hope we could mm-hmm. do but if we don't see like some representation of it as possible it's so much more difficult mm-hmm. to go after it so being able to see other people doing it that's like one hurdle that you jump over and like you know, I would like to do this, but I don't even know if I can. Like, I don't see anyone else doing it. Like, being able to see other people do it all the time, 
just just gets you that much closer to it. Completely agree. Yeah, so whenever you graduated and you got your full-time job, did you, like, go straight away into that? I did. It literally started – I graduated in May, and it started in June, uh, like mid-June. So I had a little bit to, you know, get home, figure it out. Uh, my job was in Boston, so I had to quickly – find an apartment pack up and like figure all that out I felt like it was the fastest few weeks ever um yeah yeah, it just feels like everything's like a blur but I had my job before I graduated which I did feel really good about um I know that's such a stressful time and honestly it just it felt like in a very very strange way uh, probably unhealthy way it felt like a badge of honor to graduate with a job like I was like oh well I like I felt like I had it all figured out um which is not uh, was absolutely not the case because there I was a few months later like leaving my job (laughs) you know you know what I mean at the time it felt like yeah because you know how it is as a senior everyone's asking you what's next what's next Mm -hmm. what what are you doing with your life you know oh are you applying for jobs are you getting a job you know uh, I I feel like even just this world we live in I always say like the top three things you ask when you say like where are you from like where do you live now and what do you do like I I feel like it's just a question and it makes sense like of course it's a pillar of our society is like work um but I think I was uh I I was happy at the time but that quickly became stress (laughs) like I you keep like going in like the same direction that I I love this because I was gonna ask like you know how did you feel graduating with a job and I guess like now I, I'm interested because for me I kind of had this idea of what I was going to do and I feel like once I announce something it's set in stone and mm-hmm. if I realize later I don't want to do that like I feel really bad about stepping away did you feel like confident about your decision the whole time like at least until you got to the point of graduating and starting I know your decision like changed and your feelings changed mm-hmm. afterwards and we'll talk about that too but at least up until the point where you had the job and started did you feel like yeah I'm doing the right thing this is good this is what I want to do yeah definitely um I really was unsure what I wanted to do I talked to so many people and I tried to get so many opinions and whatever but I was like this just it sounds right I took it was a sales position I studied marketing Uh, it just was a natural alignment it wasn't really incredibly at least for me for this specific job I didn't find it incredibly difficult like Mm -hmm. of course I had to go through normal interviews and stuff like that but they weren't like to the point that I was so stressed so I just felt like it was a good fit I was like okay obviously if it's not like to the point that I have to be crazy stressed I'm sure it will be a natural fit like I'm sure it will be you know something that my my brain can handle like whatever I just I I think I I set the bar kind of low in that regard I was like all right this seems you know feasible and I don't want to say I took the easy way out because I definitely don't think I did but I took an out if that makes sense no Um, I feel you yeah so I, I was confident with it. I mean, I think at that point, anybody's just happy with anything. And like to say that, you know, I knew what my salary was and my signing bonus. And like, I was like, oh, well, I, I like I work on commission. Like, I just thought I was so cool. Like I had it all <laughs> together. You know, it feels because it, it does feel that way. Um, I look back now and it's amazing the growth from when you graduate college to like post-grad, even oh one God, year out. Like, like I, who is I feel that like person? such an adult. Like, I feel like I could yeah. have a kid and like steer them in the right direction. Like, it, it's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, what, like, what was your thinking and how were you starting to feel from the time that you started the job to when you kind of started getting to a point where you're like, I think maybe the best thing for me to do is to leave this. Yeah, it was a lot of growth on YouTube, honestly, and social media, I guess. Um, I was documenting the whole process of me, you know, moving, starting my job 
and I was really blown away at the response. My channel had never really grown that much that fast. And I was getting, honestly, like I would post these work week in my life videos and they would get my average, like I would just in reference, like I would normally post a video, like if I was in college and it was a, if it was a good video, it would get around 20,000 views. Then I was doing these work week in my life videos um, where they were like an hour long, like a compilation of my week, just like a vlog. I really enjoyed doing them. It was so, super fun. Um, and they would get, you know, 80 plus thousand views I was like whoa this is crazy so of course like I naturally was growing online um, and then I I started like having to say no to a lot of online opportunities because the deadlines were too quick I couldn't make it work with my schedule um, my work situation there was a really big commute involved it was kind of like uh, just to make it easy I'll say like an hour each way mm -hmm. it was like out outside of the city so an eight to five workday quickly turned into like a seven to six. Like it yeah. was just a, it a really, really long day, you know, waking up in the five o'clock hour, like getting ready. And I worked with like people that I, w I felt like I had to look cute around. So like I got completely ready every day, <laughs> like whatever. I hate myself now, but you know, it's fine. Uh, not actually, but um, <laughs> we go through it. It's fine. Absolutely. Um, so I, th I think a few months in, I started seeing, you know, the growth come in and even just looking at the financials. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then I remember like the ones that I started saying no to, I was like, all right, I can't pass up on this. This is a whole month of working from like this one brand deal or whatever it is. And I, and it's not like in that case, it's not just like, I'm looking at the money. It's like a brand that I love to work with something that I love to do, which is making videos and being online and like doing the social media thing. I was like, it, at this point, I'm saying no to things that I genuinely like to do something that I'm eh about for a whole month. Like, I, yeah. I the, the comparison in my mind, like, I know we talked about this on my show, hours worked. Um, mm -hmm. And you do have to, but for me, it's, it, of course, yeah, the money's important. Yeah, I have to pay rent. I have to eat food, whatever. But for me, it's the happiness involved and yeah. how happy I was when I was making videos and doing those things versus, or work for a brand versus sitting my job making cold calls I was like this ain't it like it's yeah. just not yeah like I just knew for the long term that wasn't a good strategy and it wasn't a good fit um I think at first it was you know really exciting um it was a really fun program I met a lot of young people I had a lot of fun honestly um but that quickly like went away when reality kind of set in I think mm -hmm. so yeah, it was pretty quick. I think I only worked there for like five months or whatever it was, but I have zero regrets at all. I think I left at the perfect time and my business has been growing ever since, knock on wood. So um, <laughs> I just feel really thankful. Yeah. Were you ever really just dissatisfied with your with your job? I, I think you were in a great place, at least where you kind of had something growing alongside it. So you were never like in a moment of like, I have to figure something out. Mm -hmm. But did you ever have moments where you're just like, I, I, I don't think I can do this job anyway? Oh, yeah. I had many moments when I I remember even in training, I had one of those moments when they were like, hey, we're going to go around and make uh, like we're going to go around the room and everybody has to like say their f mock phone call in front of the room. And like I said, I'm a very outgoing person. I have no problem speaking in front of a room, whatever it is. But for some reason, this it just wasn't it. Um, and uh, that was like red flag number one. I was like, all right, <laughs> I don't like doing this. Meanwhile, that's something that we did every day on the job. Yeah. Um, I just didn't love how structured it was. It was very much so one of those jobs, which I'm by no means am I like, it just wasn't for me. I just, now mm -hmm. as I get older, I realize I'm not, I'm just not the kind of nine to five office person. Even if I end up working for a job again someday, like I'll probably have to work up for a startup or something because it's just not, yeah. mm -hmm. it's not me. I'm not a corporate person. Um, and I think growing up on YouTube, I 
th- that's kind of why because I've always kind of been my own boss and yeah. things like that. Um, but what was the question? Just at the moment of dissatisfaction. Yeah, I just didn't. Honestly, the job was by no means a fit for me. I think that the um, the typical candidate for that job had similar attributes to me. You know, like involved on campus. Um, they recruited from certain schools and my school was on that list. So like on paper, yes, I was a good fit, but I should have known that I like really wasn't. Yeah. Um, and we talked a little bit about like why you felt more comfortable leaving, but I think with any transition like that, there comes some uncertainty and some self doubt mm-hmm. and stuff. So how did you kind of navigate through that? And it doesn't have to be just with going YouTube full time, but going to college, going, you know, graduating and all that, like how do you deal with uncertainty and self doubt and, and walk yourself through it? Yeah, um, I go through a lot of self-doubt and I, I guess people call that like what imposter syndrome now. And yeah. it's like when you when you kind of like think less of yourself because you think you can't get it. I was talking to my friend Haley about this the other day and she was talking about, you know, working with a certain brand or whatever. And she's like, I never dreamt that this was possible because I just always assumed that, you know, more deserving people would get it or something like that. And I was like, that's my thought process a lot of times, too. Um, yeah. so, so I completely feel that. Um I definitely struggle with confidence, but I think confidence helps a lot, especially like when I went to school. I know I, I feel like just fresh out of high school, I just didn't know a lot. So I was just naturally pretty confident. So that's how I was able to, you know, throw myself into that new environment and make friends and kind of overcome things by being like, oh, I'm awesome. Like I was just kind of like high on life at that point. But I feel like more self-doubt has crept into my life in later years and especially in the past year. Yeah. And working for myself, it's tough. Um, it's It's easy to get in over your head, but. I feel like working on that confidence as a muscle thing and building that is like the core of getting through it, if you will. Um, So whatever that is, if it's, you know, talking to friends and family and, you know, or just realizing your worth in however way that may be. I'm not saying to like seek validation by any means because that normally doesn't help. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But working on it as a muscle, I like really, I have a lot of friends now who are such confident people and I, I need those people in my life because they inspire me to get to that point yeah um and feel such a way about myself and um I think that helps a lot yeah I love I love that whole idea of working with it as a muscle because I think Mm -hmm. it's never um I, I spoke to a mindset coach like a while ago and she asked me um do you ever feel like you just completely have it down and I was like no, I don't think I would ever get to a point where I have confidence completely down. But if I knew a little bit better on how to strengthen it and I could mm-hmm. work through a situation a little bit more strongly, like I think that would be enough for me. So I, I love the idea of like practicing it. Like it's going to be an ongoing thing and mm-hmm. you're going to constantly be introduced to new opportunities that seem a little bit too big each time. And that's that's really cool. Like you're going to always have to be strengthening that that skill. Mm-hmm. Um so having your life online and I watch your videos all the time like I, I think thank you psh, I don't even like definitely during quarantine I, I really don't think I've missed one I watched you and your mom eat Trader Joe's oh, snacks this morning oh my like, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, thank I you. love it because I just I, I love relatable content um for sure but every time like I hear you say things like you know I hear y'all like I'm gonna get out of the house I'm gonna go do things and I'm like yeah. oh my god I couldn't imagine people like berating me because I never look at people's comment sections so I, I never have any idea like what mm-hmm. is going on down there but I'm just like I couldn't imagine like having people watch my life that I'm putting together for them and I'm showing them out of the goodness of my heart and yes you get paid but like you could get yeah. paid doing a lot of things you had another job you know like you don't yeah. have to do YouTube so I just how do you deal with having your life broadcast in that way and having people 
judge it and critique it all the time in unwarranted mm-hmm. ways. And I think too, you know, there comes a point where being held accountable is a whole separate thing besides uh-huh. people telling you, get off your couch, I'm bored watching your videos. Yeah, like, I like yeah. you know, like how do you how do you deal with that? Completely agree. Um and yeah, I'm trying to learn the difference between constructive criticism and just like plain old mean comments you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like i understand from a viewer perspective if they're bored like that's why Mm -hmm. i can kind of rationalize it um but then it gets to a point where it is to the like try don't tell me how to live my own life you know what i mean i think that's the con of the kind of category that i'm in on youtube and i wouldn't Mm -hmm. trade it for the world i love the type of videos i do i'm in like this lifestyle category where i share a lot about my life um and i share personal friends and family and just even like details of my life that are probably they shouldn't be public but they are you know what I mean um (laughs) and I show myself like when I freshly wake up in the morning and when I'm going to sleep at night like whatever it is um so I think when you open yourself up that much it gives people more room to say things and I definitely like I said I'm trying to learn the difference it's still it still hits me hard and I feel like I am a naturally because of this like defensive person now which I've always been defensive I remember even like when my parents would say stuff to me when I was younger and I would like make up excuses or whatever and they're like stop getting so defensive so that's just something that I have to work through on my own but um I'm not gonna lie like I definitely do struggle with it um and I'm just trying not to let it run my life but I also want to make people feel validated so it's definitely like something that I want to walk the line on and my audience knows they're like like I know you're reading this comment like just you know to do this or whatever um so I've definitely taken a step back from my comments. I don't live in my comment section anymore. I used to to live in my DMs. I don't anymore because, honestly, it's unfortunate, but I could get 10 positive DMs and then one negative one or one that I don't love as much, and it it ruins my day, which is so unhealthy. Like, I am living this amazing, beautiful, incredible life, and I'm so, like, just fortunate. I'm going to let one person who, uh, which I'm learning this, is probably having a bad day and they're just reflecting mm-hmm. it on someone else you know what i mean like it's easy for everyone to be a keyboard warrior these days and just come oh at you <laughs> it is very easy um and i think it comes from a reflection of themselves i know for me i've been in those like i said when i was working my job and i was just so unhappy i remember watching other girls on youtube who worked for themselves and i was bitter and jealous so i would think those i never of course typed anything out but like <laughs> i would think in my head and be like oh of course she slept in till 10 a.m. because she can do that, you know, because I was waiting yeah. at five and I was jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I realized it because I was unhappy, you know. When you're at an unhappy point or at a low point or whatever, that's when you are projecting those feelings yeah. onto somebody else. So that's why I know that nobody who's saying those things is genuinely thrilled and satisfied. So I honestly, like, I kind of feel for them with empathy at some point. Yeah, and I love, I love that too because – you don't have to be a YouTuber or a content creator to relate to that. We mm-hmm. all, to some extent, especially with social media, are broadcasting our lives in some way and dealing with yep. criticism. And even if we're not hearing it, we're imagining it and thinking, like, what will people say if they, like, if I post this photo? I remember, yeah. like, before I really got, or during times where I wasn't really intentional about, like, my own platform, if I noticed that someone, like, if I clicked my insights and saw that my photo oh, had yeah. been shared, I'm like, who like shared it what did you say like tell me because I think about what I did to other Mm -hmm. girls and all that and I'm like oh like I can't imagine and it's just you know being able to move out of this like this dm and this comment section even if there's no like actual comment section for you just being able to kind of step out of that a little bit and live with whatever makes you feel better um because you're right people project when they don't feel comfortable about something and 
when they feel like you're doing something that they should be able to do. There's so many times, like, like I'm, I'm making the decision recently to get back into YouTube and do all that stuff because there's Yay. no reason why I shouldn't. And I feel like I was watching so many people's content and thinking, why am I not doing this? Like, I would do this better than do this mm-hmm. this way and all that. And it's like, okay, you have a camera, you have a phone, like, do it. If you are, would be so much better at it, please, by all means. <laughs> You're so right. It. Like, just make it happen. So I love that. I think, like I said, even if people don't have a platform or they don't have, like, YouTube or an mm-hmm. Instagram that they are cultivating and all that, like, that's that's useful advice for everyone. Um, by that same, like, thread a little bit, there is, like, the accountability piece. And mm-hmm. I am trying my best to anticipate stuff before it comes and thinking, mm-hmm. like, okay, if this, if this happens in the future, what will, like, what will I want people to have seen that I, what actions I took and all of that. And, you know, at some point, like, it's hard to tell. So I think at some point it's going to hit me where I don't do things that I, the way I should have because I couldn't anticipate it and I'm going to have to just bear the brunt of online and do all that how do you navigate through being held accountable online Mm -hmm. by people that you don't know when you know in your heart that maybe that's not how you actually felt but whatever intention it was the impact was a little bit different Mm -hmm. yeah I completely agree with what you said I can usually generally like I feel like I have a pretty good sense of when I'm posting something or I I make the joke like oh I have twitter fingers but usually like if I'm posting something like we're that I probably shouldn't like I have a gut feeling and I just do it anyways because I'm impulsive and I know I need to work on that um and it's never generally offensive but maybe it's like directed at one person and they feel Mm -hmm. you know in my personal life or whatever which I need to mature on that front anyways I mean I feel like (laughs) we we all could (laughs) yeah um but for the accountability piece I completely agree um like I said trying to differentiate between the constructive um actual like accountability piece and the just general hate but I feel like for me, I'm learning um, just in terms of accountability. It's plain and simple. Just take it. Um, yeah. You know, being online, it's taught me a lot of things. It's taught me um, that deflecting doesn't work, that lying doesn't work. Um, you have to just be honest. Like, for example, I posted something on Instagram, on my Instagram story the other day that I thought was a joke. Um, and it, I completely understand how it was perceived. And I posted a note like apologizing and being like thank you guys for letting me know because that was not okay how it was perceived and I didn't fully read the article and I'm not trying to like make up excuses but like being like I effed up this is why let's not let that happen again um and I think that's the best way the best strategy kind of for me going about it um and documenting my missteps if you will along the way um that's that's just what I found just because that is like my person uh, my my um what, what do we want to call it on YouTube and everything I'm very open transparent so I'm like I if I'm gonna show you know the entire journey let's yeah. show you know what my DMs look like and like what other, what other people's opinions are and things like that yeah I love that because I think like I said I try to anticipate as much as I can but at mm-hmm. some point you're not going to be able to and if we could just normalize being told hey what you said was wrong or that wasn't cool and being able to just deal with that and and apply it in the future I think that would be so much so much more helpful and do so much Mm -hmm. work against this whole fear that we have of being wrong that doesn't mean be reckless and just you know oh I'll post whatever and if people say it's bad just take it down like yes we should always be trying to put like our best foot forward completely but I think at the end of the day you're never going to get everything right and so if you're just afraid to speak out in general because you don't want to get something wrong like that's not going to do any help if we can make it 
a little bit more comfortable to be wrong and i'm someone who hates being wrong oh my god like it's I like feel you. <laughs> i would much rather eat like a plate of glass than yeah i know it's like wrong uh. like i hate it but at the end of the day like it's gonna happen especially like, you know mm-hmm. i've noticed working my nine to five like i have messed up on some major stuff and it killed me but if i could just get more comfortable with being wrong making mistakes all that stuff and just take it in stride and know that in the future i'm going to be better i could i could just i could do so much more good and i love seeing it happen um with people that I follow online um so thank you so much for that that was really cool um so i guess kind of speaking of all these things when life gets tough and we've had a hell of a year it's just been 2020 i couldn't have never like expected it like it's just it's been its whole thing what keeps you grounded? Like, what what things can you return to time and time again when you know things are tough? Um, I cliche answer, but my parents—they are just the best. I'm super close with my parents too. I know a lot of people say that, but I'm really, really close with mine. Um, I, my mom is certainly my best friend. Um, of course, like we draw the line. Like, yeah, we don't have like one of those crazy open relationships. Like, right. there's something. So I'm like, all right, I gotta keep that to myself. Yeah. Like, tell my, I'll tell my best friends instead. But you know what I mean. Whatever. Mm-hmm. She's like my we just like i feel like we sense each other so well like we're truly that type of duo where if we're in a situation like we get in the car i'm like i know exactly what you were thinking you know um (laughs) and my dad too and i just feel like they're two of the most hardworking, like self-built humble people that i know so um i love leaning on them kind of for guidance and they're really outside of my world my mom like i run my mom's instagram my dad doesn't have instagram um they barely watch my videos they'll listen to my podcast but like they're so outside of it that it really it does humble me and like ground me because i feel like they don't understand it as much as i don't know you as like Frick me, yeah. you know, like with the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll say something. I'll be like, "Oh, this happened. It's the end of the world." And they're like, "That's so dramatic." Like, <laughs> you know, they make me. Yeah, they ground me. They make me realize what's truly important and like what what I think versus what's um, just an outside person's perspective, I guess. And they're honest with me too. Trust me. Like they'll tell me, you know, when I'm being wrong or annoying or whatever. Um, but I try to have conversations with them often. Like I, I live pretty close to home now, so I get to see them a lot more, which yeah. is so, so nice. Um, and when I'm having a bad day, I don't even have to call them and say I'm having a bad day, but just hearing them and like hearing what they were up to that day, like that's truly what grounds me and makes me want to be a better person. And like, I hope to, they have a, like such a great, healthy relationship. I hope to find love like that someday. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> and like, I, I definitely yeah. like watch you and your mom and I'm like, you can definitely feel the closeness through the screen oh, and all nice. that. And I think Thank that's you. really, really cool. Um, so before we finish, is there any area in self-care that you would like to improve in or that you're working on now? I call them like on my show, I call them deltas, just anything uh-huh. that oh, like, I, I would like, like to improve and like change, I guess. So, yes. like, do you have any deltas? Yeah. Well, I said to you before, I'm starting therapy. Finally, I did it a little bit in high school, but never like fully it wasn't serious enough, I feel like, you know, or it, it was, but it was, that was so long ago now. I mean, oh my gosh, what was that, five, six years, whatever. Isn't that uh, wild, like, thinking yeah. about high school? <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, I was really a lot younger. So, yeah. okay. Um, but I, I want to prioritize mental health. And I do in the sense of, like, I know when I'm getting better. Um, I've had a lot of experiences over the past year that taught me, you know, certain people that shouldn't be in my life should be in my life. Um, I'm getting better at identifying red flags in, you know, individuals. And even when I'm being wrong, um, just like a lot of inward reflection in that regard. Um, But I'm so excited to be 
throwing myself back into it. I think just getting started is the first step. And, you know, it, it doesn't even need to be like, I don't think that I, I have any particular reason to go. I just like want to talk to someone and it's an yeah. area that I want to improve upon um, and have someone kind of as a sounding board. So that's, I feel like I'm always, I feel like we should all be constantly improving in the mental health front though. Yeah, me too. Even if you don't think there's anything like quote unquote wrong with you. And I, I say that language, I know that's what's popular, but you know, I, I think everyone could benefit from at least having the strategies of being able to walk themselves through what's going on and, and, and work from there. So yeah, I love that. Um, I think therapy should be definitely like more and more normalized with people for sure. And I, I think um, the social media space is like doing a really good job with like opening yeah. that up. And there are so many online resources these days. I know for me, like it took me a while because I had to find something that was compatible with my insurance. I could have paid out of pocket, but it gets expensive. I mean, it's yeah. Just and I think that's another conversation to have as well. Like if we're going to um, sit and say like how beneficial therapy is and like uh, glorify it a little bit, we have to talk about the inaccessibility that comes mm-hmm. along with it as well. Um for sure. Definitely coming from a financial self-care standpoint, like you can't gold people into get therapy, take care of your mental health and not recognize the cost that goes along with it. Completely. So um, for me, it was a long time coming of figuring it all out, I guess. And a lot of excuses, of course, along the way. There were many times when I'm like, I want to talk to someone today. And then I was just like, I pushed it off years and years. So we're finally yeah. here. And that's I think that's what I really want to focus on the rest of 2020. I love that. Yeah, that, I think we're in a perfect place now to just kind of salvage what's left of the year and just get ourselves ready to start 2021 the best way that we can, mm-hmm. even if, you know, I don't think that when the clock strikes 12 on January 1st, the pandemic's going to be over and COVID-19 is going to just whisk itself away. Like, we're still going to be dealing with things, but mm-hmm. I think the symbolicism of having a new year helps a lot, too. Totally, totally. Even though it's a weird year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I normally go by like season changes even too, or mm. new month, like new, I yeah. love a good new beginning in any sense. Uh, but this year is just, gosh, it has me thrown through a loop. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, thank you for sharing that though. Like that definitely, therapy was a huge, we talked on your show. Like that was something that was really intentional for me at the start of the year. I made a ton of excuses as well. So I totally get it. Um, so I'll have everything in the show notes as far as like your links and everything, but would you like to share where people could find you? Sure. Um, well, thanks again so much for having me. I'm at Brooke Michio. I know my last name is so freaking confusing. It's M I C C I O. Twitter, Instagram. Uh, li- I was about to say LinkedIn. What? Am- my brain is going there. I'm like, no, not. No, don't add me on LinkedIn. I don't use that anymore. Um, well, uh, TikTok and YouTube. I am just, uh, you could just search like Brooke Michio yeah. and I'll come up. And yeah, it's a good time. Thank you so much for being with us, Brooke. I am so excited for people to listen to this episode. I like It's been such a joy talking to you. Sure. You too. Thanks again for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gentler. If you enjoyed it, please give it a rate and review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram for more self-care advice at GentlerPod. And check out our website for more info, www.begentler.com. Talk to you all soon. Bye.